We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my quantum? Digital pen part at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hi, everyone. This is Kelsey Jones, executive editor at Search Engine Journal, and I'm joined here today with Brian Harnish. He is an SEO specialist at Y Marketing, and he also is a contributor for SEJ. Brian, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Kelsey. It's great to, it's great to be here, and I'm happy to help answer any questions that you might have. Yeah, I wanted to talk about your last article for SEJ, which was called The Complete Guide to Local SEO for Multiple Locations, which we'll be sure to link to in the recap post. Um, it did amazingly well on SEJ. It got over 1,400 social shares and over 4,200 reads, which is a lot better than some of our other articles. And so I thought it'd be interesting to talk about that a little bit more. Um, why do you think that good content on local SEO for multiple locations is so popular right now? Really, I believe that the direct result of that is the influence of the rise of mobile. And because people are doing a lot of a lot more searches from mobile devices there because they are in the car, maybe they'll speak to the hands-free device saying that where's the nearest restaurant, where's the nearest best attorney or whatever. And in addition, you guys did a recent uh, article from uh, Tamara Weintraub on the local search stats. And mm-hmm. according to this, uh, Google search interest in near me has increased 34 times since 2011. Wow. And has nearly doubled since last year. And 51% of smartphone users look for local information while on the go. This is a major part of why pe- why people are shifting towards the local SEO end of the spectrum. And 50% of local mobile searchers are looking for business information like a local address. And 78% of local mobile searchers result in offline purchases. Okay. Yeah, so it sounds like, you know, people want to find information about local businesses right away. And so I think optimizing for the multiple locations you might have for your company can really help those customers find your business faster, no matter where they are. Absolutely. So another question I had for you is I know that optimizing for multiple locations can be really tedious and a long process. How much variation do you think should go into setting up local SEO listings for each location? All right, this this kind of this kind of strategy does tend to differ just a little bit depending on what you're trying to do. Are you trying to are you talking about variation in terms of name, address, phone number, or variation in terms of how the campaign is executed? Uh, I think when I wrote, when I thought of the question, I was thinking of variation in the information about the company. So the description, um, when you list services, uh, things like that. But if you think that there's other ways that variation is important, I'm sure we, the audience would love to hear that as well. Well, there are two 
There's a two-prong approach I tend to take when looking at this. Uh, first of all, with uh, NAP or name, address, phone number information uh, that goes into creating these local listings, there shouldn't be any variation because I've had extensive experience conducting these types of local SEO campaigns, and I've noticed that when you have such variation in how the local address is displayed, then what happens is that you introduce noisier signals into how that is being read by Google. So these noisier signals basically decrease local search performance as a result. And okay. the, uh, second, the second part of this is, is, all, is in the footprint that is being represented to Google. So if you have, like, say, I don't know, uh, maybe 25 websites that you're working on for local, for example, but you do the exact same thing in your campaign for each of them, Google is probably going to look at that a little suspiciously and think, hmm, maybe this is a spammer. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was thinking if there needed to be variation in order to make sure that Google knows that each of your locations is a genuine location and you're not trying to pull off anything shady. Exactly. So what kind of variation uh, do you think is important besides having the correct uh, NAP information? Well, um, the types of variation I would say that are important would be in how the link profile is set up along with how content is set up. So like say you have a quantity of 25, 50 websites that you're managing, but you put up 800 words of content per page on in exactly the same way on each of these websites. Google is likely going to detect that pattern and say, hey, what's going on here? And same thing with the linking profile. It's just like when spammers will use blog networks extensively or, or, the, uh, or safe links, which uh, Google just recently went after and massively penalized as a result. So local SEO link linking does work the same way. So if you have like the same pattern to everything with no variation whatsoever, and you risk running into a penalty or other worse situation as a result. Okay, that makes sense. So would you say that when it comes to getting links, should SEO people look for getting links at a more local level for each location? Yes. So uh, with uh, local links, typically in my past experience, we had uh, my basic, my, my past, local SEO experience had been attorney SEO. Mm -hmm. And so it all of but I've had real estate SEO experience and all of these uh, campaigns took into consideration the differing aspects of the industry, etc. So it's not all always going to be like a local directory or something. It could be, could be local newspaper sites, local chamber of commerce sites, that kind of thing to kind of add a little bit of variation and not show that you're exclusively going after like one type of site for every single campaign that you, run, that you actually run. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, that kind of goes into another thing I wanted to ask you about. Do you think there needs to be a contact person at, e at each location to kind of help get those links and make sure that 
your local SEO presence is optimized, or do you think it matters? Well, really, it kind of depends on the industry because uh, Google does have guidelines that, for example, if you're a sole practitioner as a doctor or a lawyer, there are Google local guidelines expressly forbid like a virtual office scenario where you might uh. not have a physical person at that location. So okay. they, you have you specifically have to be at that location as a sole practitioner in order to be within Google's guidelines for Google Local. Okay, I didn't know that, so that's good to know for everyone out there that's wondering. Um, yes, absolutely. I've had I've run into a couple of uh, issues with that, and really, generally, once we've resolved the issues the, uh, on that, then things tended to go better for the client in terms of local SEO. So it's uh, but. As well, I kind of, I'm kind of deviating here, but it just uh, really all. De- I just want to point out, of course, that it all depends on the specific issue that you uncover during any local SEO audit. Okay, that makes sense, and that's something that I wanted to ask you about too. Was, you know, if you're not doing local SEO for your different business locations correctly, what are some things that could go wrong? I mean, I know you touched on getting penalized by Google, but what else could happen? Just decreased visibility? Well, uh, actually, I do kind of want to expand on the penalty portion a little bit. And I have, there are three major issues that can be, that can occur as a result of doing local SEO incorrectly. They are, they come from penalties, rankings, and conversions. So if you create too much similar local content on your website as a result, you actually risk being filtered out of your organic search results. Now, I say filtered because in the majority of situations, this is the case because of the fact that Google wants to return the most unique content, the most unique valuable content for their site's visitors. They don't mm-hmm. want to just return any, any old search results. So they'll filter out the results that are not what they are looking for. Now, if you have a situation where, say, on your website you have, I don't know, 95% similar content on every local page, and you have a paragraph that has, is just changed per page, then that can be likely filtered out. It wouldn't necessarily be a penalty unless it's actually created in such a way that is so bad that, and in such a scale that Google will penalize the site. So um, to recap, it's mostly more of a filter. Now, this kind of leads into my next part of this discussion, which is decreased ranking performance as a result. When you uh, perform local SEO incorrectly and you don't, do, you don't include correct name, address, phone number information, say you change the suite in the address from STE to the full spelling of suite or mm-hmm. just have a simple pound for suite, that is going to introduce noisy signals into uh, into your local search campaign, and that can cause ranking issues as a result. Okay. So the accuracy of NAP information is so important. And, my next, and this kind of segues into my next point, which is conversions. And... This was, um, it was a very head-desking situation because I once took possession of a client's website that had the wrong 
name, phone number at the top of the website added in, added in by the previous team. Oh. And it was one digit off. So you can imagine that this means that any conversions that any of our efforts would have obtained had actually been for naught because all calls were going to a wrong number that was not redirected properly. And it wasn't until I checked the number that I heard the usual wrong number warning as a result. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, like that was a uh, yeah, that was a very head desking situation. Yeah, because that's just a little thing that you wouldn't think to even check, because you would just assume that people would know to get it right. Exactly, <laughs> and it's because of these downfalls, it is essential to make sure that any local SEO campaign had all of the correct information implemented as its backbone, right down to that single digit in the phone number. Yes. You know that, and this is that kind of make makes me think of something else, which I um, wasn't going to ask you about, but it kind of ties into it. You know, I some of our contributors at SEJ have done posts about call tracking, so mm -hmm. making sure that any phone calls the business gets is properly tracked. Do you do that at Y Marketing for clients? Um, implement call tracking to uh, when it comes to the campaigns that you work on. Well, this. For this, I can't specifically speak to that because I'm not fully in charge of that, but I have in the past used call tracking extensively, and that is there really is no downfall to that other than, of course, the incorrect information because call tracking can be very highly valuable in terms of seeing exactly what's working and what is actually obtaining those conversions that the business so desperately needs. Yeah, it sounds like it's an awesome idea, and I'm always surprised that more people aren't utilizing some form of call tracking. Yeah, absolutely, and really, it's just kind. Of, it's really comes down to the fact that I just run into SEOs who just don't just don't know it exists. Yeah, same here. Um, so I know we just have a couple more minutes, so. I wanted yep. to ask you, um, what are some benefits that you've seen from businesses that have multiple locations that have really started implementing a good SEO strategy? What are some benefits that you've seen for them as a result of that? Well, one amazing major benefit is you get more, more of a local brand presence, and you also get more local traffic, which technically has a higher conversion rate because you have people that are more willing to show up at your location and you can make the pitch to them in person, you can do what, and you can kind of build that important relationship with them and as a result of that, with individual practitioners like attorneys, doctors, whatever, this tends to create referrals directly from that initial relationship, assuming that everything goes well. So you can kind of set the seeds for future business as a result. Yeah, sounds like it's definitely good to um, have optimized local SEO. So, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. I think that this was a really interesting conversation on local SEO, and hopefully people will realize how important it is. Well, thank you very much, Kelsey, for the opportunity. I greatly appreciate it, and it's been a lot of fun uh, just uh, shooting the breeze on local SEO, and I hope everyone finds this valuable. 
Yes, definitely. Again, this is Kelsey Jones and Brian Harnish for Marketing Nerds on SEJ. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.